Well, before we dive into lesson 11, uh, just real quick, some popcorn testimonies. Uh, what is something that God has taught you or retaught you or just something from the prayer series that the Holy Spirit has done in your life so far? Anything that God's been specifically calling out or encouraged you in, in regards to your prayer life? Yes. It's been an encouragement to pray. Amen. It is it's an almost needful thing, but we need to know us. Absolutely. And it's been an encouragement. And I would say the same thing. Just being in this series has been a reminder. This is supposed to be priority. This is supposed to be uh, uh, something that does not get neglected and forgotten. So yeah, I would agree. It's been an encouragement and a reminder uh, to really get to prayer. Did I see another hand? I was going to say persistence in prayer is, is uh, very encouraging. When you pray, expecting to see God answer prayer, but you know, wait on the Lord, and you know, God's kind of how he'll answer prayer yeah. in my life. Amen. Persistence. Persistence in prayer. Stay faithful. Uh, God is doing something in you in that process of being persistent. And maybe that's the only reason that the answer is delayed, because God is doing something in you. So persistence, encouragement to pray, and the other things that have uh, been a blessing to you in the last few weeks in regards to prayer or any way in which God has grown your own personal prayer time. Last week or a couple of weeks ago, the being real, not haphazard in your prayers, and talking to God, and just holding up to Him. Amen. Not just a couple of prayers. Yeah. Amen. Being real in prayer and, and sincere and uh, not flippant. Absolutely taking it seriously. God answers prayer. It's amazing that God made up this thing called prayer when you really think about it. I could look at the Bible and say, you don't need prayer. You could have done all this stuff without it, but not the way God drew it up. He wants us to be a part and so are we. Are we taking the encouragement to be a part? Anything else that God has, uh, that has jumped out to you from the last couple of weeks in regards to prayer and maybe your own personal prayer life? Yes, sir. Yes. Well, patience. patience. Everybody has a lot of that. And your faith and helping you grow in the relationship with the Lord. Help open your eyes and your heart. And uh, in a lot of ways, things that, I don't know, I can give you an example as patience. It's like things that you pray down for a long time and you're never going to answer the prayer, but it's always in His time, not our time. 
Yeah. And learning to give you the patience. <clears throat> From my example on that, for answered prayers and things that go on. I mean, everybody wants to see their family members saved, the ones that ain't. And they find out real quick if you are walking with the Lord, even your own family turn your back on you and walk away. And I've had that for a while. <clears throat> but you know, I don't give up on them. I pray for them. Maybe even had some that I've prayed for. And we talked about before that passed away here this last year. And it's just heartbreaking. But it is what it is. That ain't our choice. That was their choice that they made. All we can do is just be an example. And I ask God every day to open my eyes and my heart to help me walk and shine the light like the Word says through me to other people. This ain't me. This is Him doing it. Yeah. I just ask every day for patience, grow my faith more, and understand His Word more every Amen. day. And you help me a lot on that. Thank you Amen. so much. Amen. Well, our faith, as our faith grows, it's going to impact our prayer life. And if, if uh, faith is waning, more often than not, our prayers do as well. Or just, just not just the kind of prayers, but just praying. Uh, who really spends 20 minutes in prayer when they don't believe God? I mean, as God impacts your faith, then it infuses some fuel into your prayer because you're believing his word. And that's what we're going to be talking about tonight. Good. Any others? Anything else God's been doing in your life in regards to prayer recently? All right. Well, I've just... Yes. Sorry. Yeah, good. Got it in there. <laughs> I, this is, um, in addition to this, but to see how God's been doing it. You know, people have been praying and things in the background, and now here it is coming to fruition and to be a part of that. That reminded me of uh, a time when I preached in Pennsylvania at a certain church, went out door-to-door -door, uh, with the assistant pastor, knocked on the door, and this guy hollers something horrible. I'm like, well, we were just leaving. And then he says, no, come in here. Oh, okay, is this a bad come in here or a good come in here? I don't know. So we go in and his wife says he's dying. He's here to die. And he drank himself to death and his liver was gone and his stomach was huge and uh, it was just not good. And he says, so tell me, what, what do you, preacher, tell me what I'm supposed to know. I'm, I'm going to meet my maker. So what now? And boy, he was such a hard guy. I would talk about sin and he'd get all mad and swear and okay, yep, we're just leaving. And no, no, keep going, keep going. And so we finally got through and he ends up getting saved. A weep in tears the whole time. He'd say to his wife, honey, are you hearing what they're saying? 
I just can't believe this. He's weeping tears, and he'd interrupt me to, to you know, make sure his wife was listening. And uh, he gets saved, and then he died uh, within a couple, uh, maybe a couple of weeks at the most. And uh, he had asked me to do his funeral. I couldn't do it because I was traveling around, but John Van Geldren did. John Van Geldren was the next evangelist to that church. And so John Van Geldren did the funeral. And he told the story how this guy got saved. And his, what was his, his daughter or his niece or something, and her husband were sitting there. They'd prayed for him forever. And this is a hard living, hard drinking. Uh, and I saw a picture of him and his brothers and, his da- and their dad. These were cement workers and they were huge, just ripped guys. And uh, anyway, I'm sure that, I think it was a niece and her husband. You wonder about their prayer, if they thought, will this ever be answered? You know, and then they show up at the funeral, and, oh, uncle so-and-so, and, and they hear the testimony <laughs> that, that he got saved, and, and uh, then they were elated and talked to John Van afterwards and so forth. And uh, that kind of stuff is neat because I, I look back on that and that was something God was doing that I just stepped into. You, you hear stories, and I, if I told you the whole story of everything that guy said and how crazy it was and the fact that he got saved, it, it, it's remarkable. But it's not anything about me and what I did. We were actually talking on the way up to the door, knocking, before knocking the door, we were arguing over whose football team was better, the Green Bay Packers or whoever he went for, Pittsburgh Steelers or something like that. And that's, so that's real spiritual, right? We're talking about football, and oh, the Packers, this, and knock, knock, knock. And then uh, he says some things and eventually invites us in. Uh, it wasn't like I was super spiritual and had something great from God, you know. I was, I was where I was supposed to be, surrendered to the Lord. Obviously, we prayed, Lord, lead us. But somebody else has been praying for a long time. And, and God just brought that together. And it was just neat to kind of realize, wow, I was, I was a part of what God was doing. It's really neat. So don't stop praying for people. Uh, you don't know. Uh, but remember this. If you're praying for somebody else to reach Aunt Sue in Nebraska, somebody else is praying for Aunt Mabel to be reached in Ann Arbor and you happen to work with her or whatever. So you're going to be maybe a part of it both ways and be willing to be a part of that process however God has it to, has it to be. Well, anybody else, something you wanted to share from the, from, from the prayer series? We'll dive in here. All right. Well, we're looking at prayer and the Word of God. Prayer and the Word of God. <clears throat> it was um, uh, one of, I've had many mentors, and praise the Lord for that. Many uh, godly men and women uh, that have been used of God in my life and uh, when I was with evangelist Jim Van Geldren, for several years I traveled with him uh, in his ministry. He taught me to pray with an open Bible. And uh, I don't always do it, but I, I do if I, if I can. Uh, and and it's, a, it's a great, great thing uh, to pray with your Bible open. There's so many promises that I have stood upon uh, and some promises that I, I, didn't, I wasn't even thinking about, but I'm, I'm, I'm looking for something and the Lord leads me to a promise and ties it together with what I'm burdened to pray for and it all comes together. A praying according to God's word gives a lot of confidence. 
because he wrote, he wrote it. He wrote his word. And, and when you pray according to the word, you, you know I'm, I'm headed the right direction here. He says, if you, if you ask anything in my name, uh, and, and that's basically you know, in the name of Jesus Christ, not because of who we are, but because of who Jesus is. And, and if we take him at his word, uh, we can expect uh, that we are praying in the right direction. Sometimes we puzzle quite a bit over whether or not something is God's will. Should I pray about this? Should I pray for this? Get in the word of God. That's probably the first place to start. Get in the word of God and see if God's word will help shape the direction of your prayer. Um, if, you're taking, if you're praying about uh, uh, taking a job that is going to keep you out of church, you'll never see your wife, you'll never see your kids, you know, and you're praying about this thing, but get in the Word of God. The Word of God may help direct you that you're supposed to be with your wife and you're supposed to see your kids and you're supposed to be in church. You know, uh, God's Word can help. And that's very basic, but it, it, it can help, help us to, to be able to understand uh, uh, how we should pray in the direction that we should pray. So we're going to look at a few scriptures here. But first, as we get into the outline, <clears throat> well, let me hang on. Let's start with uh, John fifteen seven. John 15, 7 says, If ye abide in me, my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. Uh, the emphasis there is not simply on, ask what you will. Ask whatever you will. It'll be done unto you. You can't just extract that one phrase and run with it. It said, If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. For you. Uh, that makes all the difference. If I'm abiding in him, that means I'm surrendered to him, resting in him, submitted to him, walking in his independence upon his spirit. And if his word is in me, that means I am reading his word, medita meditating on his word, submitting myself to his word. You can tell that that's going to definitely have an influence on my will and what I ask for. So I want to ask this as we get started. Can you recall a specific instance where God used a specific verse or passage that helped you in prayer? Maybe helped you make a decision or, or, or just gave you some leadership. Can, can you recall? And, and if so, is there anyone who'd like to maybe share? And some of those are very maybe personal and private and you can't share everything. But is there someone who, who you'd say, yeah, I can recall. There was a time God used his word specifically in prayer to give me uh, uh, confidence in prayer or an answer to prayer. As you're thinking, yes? Well, um, several years back, Chris was working with me with Dr. Ian, and he was actually at another, he was a um, prayer book, and he was having a hard time, and he was just trying to find it. He was really down to one, and um, I remember my mom was always praying for him and one for us. Yeah. Amen. Praying Psalm 91. That's a good one. And there are several psalms, I think, that you could pray in certain situations. Boy, David cries out to the Lord in several of those psalms. He's just gushing his heart out. And if you are in a place where you need to gush your heart out to the Lord, get to one of those psalms and pray that to the Lord. Nice thing about those psalms is he sometimes complains and he sometimes 
cries out, but he always seems to end settled with his heart fixed on the Lord. And that helps us as well. Somebody else? A specific time that God used his word to maybe help you make a decision or something that you were praying about where his word helped to guide your prayer or give confidence in your prayer. Yeah, yes. in maybe uncertain situations or stressful situations just to cast your dependence on the Lord. He is going to perfect that which concerns me. That's good. I can't say that I've ever noticed that particular verse. So thank you for pointing that out. Do very junior resident, very nervous about the evening, flipping through my Bible. Wow. And those are the ones that stick with you for life sometimes. Uh, that's so cool. Psalm, what was it, 138? Verse 8. Very good. There was a prayer meeting um, with one of Brother Jim's uh, teams. Jim Van Gelderen still to this day leads youth evangelistic teams. And uh, sometimes, boy, oh boy, we'd have all kinds of intense battles. And in this one particular week, it was, it, the week was going terrible. Trying to reach teenagers, and that's tough. Um, the week was going awful. <clears throat> and the prayer meetings were awful. And just no one was praying. No one seemed to be able to pray. Have you ever been in a prayer meeting like that where just no one can pray? And so everyone's just reading their Bibles like, Lord, speak to me, help. And then one of the girls on the team, uh, she prayed a verse straight out of the Psalms, I believe it was, uh, that was just said simply this, it is time for thee, Lord, to work for they have made void thy law. And they were ministering in a specific school and there's just all kinds of stuff going on. I mean, they were making void the law. They were doing their own thing. And that verse just seemed to energize everyone's heart. And the prayer meeting had some new wind from the Spirit. And then uh, out of that prayer meeting came some incredible things in that week. And I think it started with a verse. I really do. I think it started with one person being sensitive to the word of God and then taking him at his word and just praying it back to God. It is time for thee, Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. God delights for us to take his word and stand upon it and bring it back to him. We'll talk more about that. But somebody else, a specific... Yes, Kevin. The main one that's really stuck with me through a lot of hard times that I've been through with Carol and things that just, the Lord's always just pulled me close to him as always has been Joshua 1, 9, 8, 8, 9, and Isaiah 41, 10. It's just, when you feel that you're all alone, everything, no matter what you say or what you do, it seems like everything's falling apart. You don't sit and look at the world, you stop take a deep breath, and you just, Lord, speak to my heart. 
and them two verses has always come back to me and it's helped me tremendously. Amen. And it gives you encouragement to pray. That's great. Well, mm -hmm. and it's just, it helps give me strength Good. to do that. These are great. Keep a journal of these verses that God uses, and uh, it's good to pray them back to the Lord. Uh, why is it, do you think, that God wants us to pray His own promises back to Him? What's the point in that? I mean, He, what was that? If you're paying attention. If you're paying attention? Yeah, what else? To be conformed? More to more Yeah, is you're, you're joining his team. You're getting on his side as opposed to, Lord, I want this and I think this makes sense and my logical flow of thought would, would seem to think that we should pray for this and pray for that. You're, you're conforming your will to his will, your mind to his mind. Very good. Why else would God want us to give, a, give him back his word in prayer? Does it seem redundant? What's the deal? Yes. It demonstrates our faith. There it is. Demonstrates our faith in his promise. And it also, along with that, it demonstrates our faith in the promiser, right? It's both. It, it's, it's the promiser and the promise itself. Uh, any of you have kids that have ever come to you and said, mom or dad, you said, fill in the blank. <laughs> now, my kids are a little crafty with it. My kids now, they do this thing where they have reinterpreted we'll see. If I say we'll see, they're like, oh, Aaron, Dad said we're going to go to the zoo. I said we'll see. And then today, I think, was it today or was it yesterday? Erica did it. Erica's two years old. And she said, what did she ask me? Do you remember, hon? Can we watch a movie? Oh, yeah, okay. She's like, I'm eating my food. And she's, Dad, can we watch a movie? I'm like, we'll see. And she goes, oh, Emmy, Dad said we can watch a movie. I'm like, Since when did we'll see become Dad said? But your kids are a little crafty. But sometimes Dad does say, Dad says, if you do this and do this and do this, we are going to whatever. Um, and uh, I told them if they, <laughs> this is a goofy one, but our electric bill had been so high. And I said, this is a team effort, okay? If we can get the electric bill below this number, turn off the lights, take shorter showers, we're all going out to Culver's. And they're like, all right, we're doing this. Short showers, turn off lights. They blew it away. I'm like, we could have been doing this the whole time? Are you kidding me? One of those. So we went to Culver's. I'm still like, how did we do that? But they said, Dad, you said... And I said, you're exactly right. I said, so we'll do it. But you know, I, 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 I like coming through on my word. I, I'd rather be the dad who comes through on his word than the dad who's like, well, you know, I, I didn't say that. No, I think God, it's the same thing with the Lord. He, he likes to come through on his word. He likes it that we take him at his word and, and that we're, we're wholly focused on him. He has to do it. He's the only one that said it. He's the only one that can come through on it. So God wants us. He wants us to bring his word back to him. And it's not a, Lord, you said. No, that's not the idea. But it's, Lord, according to your word, you put this promise. And I'm standing on this promise. So uh, let's get a couple points down here. Number one, the word of God activates the prayer of faith. Or you could just say praying by faith. 
or you could say our prayer, our, our faith in prayer. Um, uh, I mean, sometimes we talk about the prayer of faith, but I think it's even more broad than that. Uh, the Word of God cultivates and activates faith in praying. Think about it. If we didn't have any direction from the Word of God, our prayers would be so directionless. We'd have question marks everywhere. I mean, you would have no guidance. But because the, the Word of God can undergird, oh boy, that really can help you pray by faith. What about a parent? What about a parent who has a child, they raise them in church, Christian school or maybe home school, uh, they went to summer camp, they, they volunteered at vacation Bible school, they sang in the kids' choir and everything. I mean, worked in master clubs, they were in Awanas or whatever else, and they grew up and got with the wrong crowd and strayed. And that parent is just grieved. And they're praying for that child day in and day out. Well, what is going to help cultivate faith that that child is going to come back? How about verses like, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Can that help a parent with their prayer life for a child? Absolutely. As opposed to me being a parent saying, oh, I don't know if God really wants to do this. I don't even know if this is the Lord's will. I don't know anything, but I'll pray for it anyway, just in case. No, we can actually pray, Lord, you said, train up a child in the way he should go. And I'm not a perfect parent. I didn't do everything right. But best I knew from your word and from your leadership in my life, I trained them up in the way that they should go. And I'm trusting that when they're old, they'll not depart, that you're going to get a hold of them, that you're going to bring them back to their roots, that you're going to revive their heart. Boy, that can help, uh, uh, say, a parent. Or it could be a, a spouse uh, with an unsaved uh, husband or unsaved, unsaved spouse uh, and, and, and the difficulties that are there. Lord, will you save him? Does God want to save him? I don't know. Well, you go to certain verses and, and, and 1 Corinthians 7 talks about uh, that, that you may save or help, you know, not that you save them, but uh, you may be a part of your, your, your conduct and testimony can help save this individual and God wants them to be saved. And there's so many verses that can help undergird your confidence that yes, God wants me to pray for them and he can do it. And his word says it right there. So I'm going to pray in faith, believing because God wrote it. I'm not just making this up. Uh, and we could go with it so many different ways. You could, be, you could be overwhelmed with a sin. And you say, there is no way I'm going to overcome this temptation. And then you come across 1 Corinthians 10, 13. There is no temptation taken you, but such as is common to man. But God is faithful, who will with the temptation provide a way of escape that ye may be able to bear it. You say, wow, well, I guess... I guess I should pray for help then. I should, I should pray for victory. I should pray that I would see this way of, of escape and take the way of escape. And I could go on for an hour or more, you know, just talking about all the different specific things that we deal with every day that the Word of God undergirds in prayer. And it should help to activate praying in faith. A letter A, God's Word is a record of prayer. It records several, uh, several pr prayers that, uh, that uh, have been prayed and, 
Uh, Hebrews 11, 6 says, But without faith it's impossible to please him, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Uh, I'm curious, what is, does anybody have a favorite prayer recorded in Scripture? An, a, an actual prayer that was prayed and recorded. Anybody have a favorite prayer that you really like? That you don't want to share? There's so many of them, if you think about it. So many have been preserved for us in Scripture. And sometimes these recorded prayers can give us encouragement. Boy, I want to pray like Hannah. Man, she prayed such a prayer that they thought she was drunk. <laughs> you know, she was, right? Uh, she was just pouring out her soul and, and God gave, it, gave her the request. And it's, it's good to see these recorded prayers to, to uh, have our own hearts encouraged. Maybe I took someone's prayer, yeah. Um, Mary, I think it's Luke chapter 1. She's my, my soul just magnified the Lord. I, I think she's praying. Maybe she's, yeah, she she's is. Praising. Yeah. praising, praying. Mary's, Mary's uh, uh, Magnificat, they call it. Amen, that's a good one. Someone else? Three. Yes. All prayer for the Christian. Absolutely. That is an excellent one. Yes. What a prayer. And, and Paul has several prayers recorded of his. That's one of them and, and a very powerful one. Any others that have been special for you that have been recorded? There's plenty. I like, I like um, just, uh, uh, I, I like Elijah's prayer when he's on Mount Carmel and he has just stuck his neck out further than he can draw it back, right? He's got the prophets of Baal and he has put his altar together and he has, uh, dug a trench around it and drenched it in water and all of that. And, and they're all looking at this like, what is going on? And then he prays, uh, Lord, I need your help now. <laughs> I need you to show that you are the God. And what a prayer. It was a simple prayer, but it was a prayer uh, of desperation at that point. Uh, and and uh, that, that one's been one that's encouraged me. But the word of God uh, helps us by undergirding our prayer, but also records prayers for us that can also be an encouragement to us. Elijah's prayer, Hannah's prayer, Paul's prayers, David's prayers, and so many others that can encourage us to pray. God's Word is a directory for prayer. What do we mean by that? That's letter B there. God's Word's a directory for prayer. Well, I, I could have brought a picture directory here, our old picture directory of the, the church. We used to print those, now it's online. Um, but you want to find a specific person, you look it up, you look them up, right? Um, well, that's what God's Word is. It's a directory. What do you need to pray about? Uh, you can literally find everything. And I've got a, a couple of books in my office that help you with this. Uh, prayer Promises for Believers. And you've got a problem with fill in the blank. You go to that page and boom, all these verses to help you pray on that topic. I have found that to be immensely helpful. You have temptations. You have uh, 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 lost loved ones. You go to the, that, that prayer promise book. It takes you straight to that section of, of Scripture, various Scriptures, and uh, you, can, you can pull out those promises that you need to pray about. God's Word is a directory of prayer. It's a record of prayer, but letter C, it is the basis for prayer. It is the basis for prayer. Uh, let me look up another verse here. 
Yeah, we read it before, but I'll read it again. If ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. And then Romans ten seventeen. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Uh, prayer is dependent upon the word of God. And in the book, if you read the chapter, I don't know if you did or not, but he talks about faith taking hold of the promise in the word of God and then going to prayer. And that's where we see God really move in prayer. It's not that I'm some great prayer warrior. I think sometimes we, we lose, we, we get the emphasis on the wrong thing. Uh, we don't want to celebrate necessarily prayer warriors as though there are some people who are super spiritual who have instant access to God or something that we don't have. Um, that's not it. No, they have a great God and they have the Word of God. We need to not just idolize people that maybe learn from those people. How did they pray? And I think we'll find they prayed in dependence upon the Spirit and based upon the Word of God by faith. Faith takes hold of the promise through the Word of God. And then also here, I'm not sure if you have this in your notes or not, but it's in mine. Faith takes hold of the promise, but then faith takes hold of the promiser. Takes hold of the promiser. God cannot lie. He is not subject to change according to whims and uh, the tide going in, the tide going out or whatever. He's the yesterday, the say, today, forever. He is the same. Jesus is the same. All may change, but Jesus never. We, we sing glory to his name, right? Uh, we need to take a hold of him and have faith in the one who gave us the promise uh, itself. We've mentioned Jacob several times in this series. Jacob wrestled with the Lord and he would not let go. And he said, I will not let you go until you bless me. I mean, that's pretty... Uh, pretty aggressive, but did he get the blessing? Yes, he did. His name was changed from Jacob to Israel, and they said, uh, and it was said uh, to him that day, "You have prevailed. You have prevailed." Uh, not that we're trying to wrestle something out of God, but we're recognizing He's the only one who can help me. He's the one I am d dependent upon. I want to take hold of Him. If ye abide in Me. Take hold of him, and my words abide in you. So number one, the word of God activates prayer, praying by faith, or the prayer of faith. Number two, the prayer of faith activates the word of God. <clears throat> and you have examples given of Elijah, and I guess I already jumped the gun on that one. Uh, I, I get ahead of myself all the time. But Elijah uh, and his, his faith, Paul, uh, these are, are both instances that we've already spoken of a little bit. Letter A, prayer accesses the reality of God's sublime promises. Prayer accesses the reality of God's sublime promises. You know, sometimes it is in a prayer meeting that a promise really becomes mine. So many times it's like the, the word is just on the page, but it's distant. And it's in prayer that I link a promise, or the Spirit of God links a promise to a need. And uh, uh, I, I then, it becomes alive in a sense. 
Um, a quote from the book here, the utmost reach and full benefit of the rich promises of the word of God should humbly be received by us and put to the test. Who of us in our praying measures up to this promise of our Lord? Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that believeth on me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father, John 14, 12. Well, why is that? Because of our ability to do great and mighty works? No. It is because he left and left behind his spirit and gives us now the opportunity to access the reality of his promises through prayer. Is there a promise that yet seems unreal to you in the scriptures? You don't have to answer that out loud necessarily. But is there a promise that just, it just seems um, too much? Uh, what must be done, the question in the book, what must be done to make that promise real in your heart and life? And the obvious answer there is pray. Pray that promise and say, Lord, do this for me. It seems impossible that you would save this person. It seems impossible that you could do this and this, but I'm going to pray it anyway. It's in your word. So prayer also accesses the reality of God's sublime promises. Letter B, prayer accomplishes the desires of our surrendered will. And this is, uh, again, going back to that first verse that we started with, if ye abide in me. That's me surrendering my will to him. It's me saying, as Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. What are some thoughts that you have when you think of the word abide? What comes to mind when, when he says, if ye abide in me? What does that mean to you? How do you apply that in your life? If ye abide in me. You know, dwelling, sure. The word abide, actually, it's, 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 the Greek word, um, I think it's meno, but it, it means to remain. Uh, so we're not chasing something, we're remaining in him, in his word on what he said. Dwell. Yeah, it's good. By his blending into the Lord. <laughs> if you want to go that word, sure. Sure. So it's not about me, but it's about him. You being lost in him, that's good. So when we think of abiding, we oftentimes think of resting. It goes along with the idea of remaining or dwelling or, or resting. And when I am resting, I'm not striving, all right? I'm, I, so it's not, sometimes in our prayers, we're so bound up, we're so anxious, and we're, we're striving for certain things, and we need to just say, Lord, I'm, help me to wait on you. In fact, where's my phone? I got a text this morning from a pastor friend of mine, and he sent me this verse. And it was an encouragement to me uh, just this morning before I preached. Psalm 27, 13 and 14, I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. That is probably one of the single most difficult things to do in the Christian life, is wait on the Lord. Uh, but it's, it's a promise. There's something to pray right there. 
There's a promise to pray. And what was the, I just gave you the reference. What was the reference on that? Psalm, uh, Psalm 27, 13, and 14. Be of good courage. He shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. Abide in me, and my words abide in you. And ask, and it shall be done. Uh, God is at work. He just doesn't work to our timetable. So remain, abide, rest, wait on him. Anything else come to your mind when you think of abiding? Well, let's, let's conclude with this. <clears throat> uh, when living becomes a blend of the word and prayer in the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, two things happen according to that verse. Our lives are, are now being blended with his, all right? That's kind of your chameleon thing. I hadn't thought of that picture, but you're, you're losing your identity in him. Your will is being lost in him. You, want, you just want him. You want his, you want his desires. But also, God's will becomes possible, all right? Isn't that what the verse says? Uh, the, the verse said simply, if ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will, and it shall be done unto you. So I want my prayer life to be grounded in his word. I want to be lost, losing my will in him, losing my identity even in him. And all of God's will becomes possible. Whenever I fail to pray about anything, I rob God from the glory he deserves in that aspect of life. All of life is to be receiving from him an answer to prayer and giving him glory for what I receive, even in the most common of matters to give him glory and thanks. And every part of life is my glory to see everything as an extension of his holiness towards me. Without prayer, I cannot give him glory. I am a thief taking to myself as an, or an idolater giving to some part of God's creation the glory that God alone deserves. And the author writes this in closing. My goal in prayer is not simply to get, uh, getting the things I need, but making holy the things I get, setting apart unto him because they came directly from him in answer to prayer. Well, I think the takeaway, uh, a couple takeaways from this is very simple. If ye abide in me, let's seek to abide in him this week. Let's seek to remain in him, to walk in the spirit to wait on him, to lose my will in him, to surrender my will to him. And let's also seek to have his word in me. And maybe there are some prayers you have just not wanted to pray because you just weren't sure God wanted to do it. Find a verse. And if you see, not just take some old verse out of, out of context, but see what God's word is saying. Let God's word stir you to pray. Let his word abide in you. And then ask what you will. And trust that it shall be done in his time, his way, for his glory, according to his word. Well, next week, Lord willing, we will dive into uh, the First Peter series. And this will be uh, different because there won't be a lesson. The lesson will be preached on Sunday morning and then discussed Sunday night. So come ready to discuss. Take some good notes Sunday morning with some questions and answers and so forth. Uh, and uh, uh, I trust that that'll be of help. Um, if we were doing, say, that tonight, 
You say, how is it going to work? Okay, well, what did we talk about this morning? We talked about praising God for our salvation, right? So the first thing I would have done if I was leading a discussion on that message this morning is I would have said, here's my salvation testimony, and I would have told it, and I'd ask for some others, and we would just do that. Let's praise God for salvation, and then I would go into breaking down some of the other applications as we go. But I think it would be good to, uh, to, to, to discuss together uh, this book, First Peter, and I trust that, that God will use it uh, uh, to, to help us to really apply very specifically in our lives. Well, the necessity of prayer. It is a necessity, and it is something that we need God's help with. So let's close in prayer and ask God to help us to continue to be faithful in this matter. Lord, we thank you for this series that has reminded us of the importance of prayer. And I pray that each of us would really take seriously uh, this matter and may we grow in our personal prayer time. Lord, bless our church. Bless our families. Lord, help, um, help our church as we are moving forward, going back to one service, making a few adjustments. And I just pray that, that, that uh, things would be more and more effective, more and more efficient and conducive for learning and for application and for growth. Uh, Lord, I pray that you would be glorified in our midst and bless as we fellowship now and as we go our separate ways. We pray for your strength in Jesus' name. Amen.